Welcome to Cone and Kruger. I'm Cone. That's Larry Kruger. Uh, Warriors are done. Niners aren't starting for a couple of weeks. It's the downtime. But there is news in the sense that someone was talking about the night. Someone, what was it, at ESPN, floated a trade idea. Jimmy G for Baker Mayfield. We've talked about it on this show before. Larry, let's debate this or at least discuss it because I'm intrigued. What do you think? Well, it is interesting. Why did the 49ers even move off of Jimmy to begin with? Or why did they go for another quarterback? Either they felt Jimmy was limited or they also felt like if they lost Jimmy, they would lose games, right? So they wanted a second quarterback. They added a second quarterback. Now they're going to move on from Jimmy. Aren't they back to a one quarterback situation? Aren't they now in a similar spot that they were a couple of years ago? So the idea that you would trade Jimmy and get a another quarterback um albeit a little bit cheaper and a little bit younger um it's interesting it's it's interesting i definitely think you know 22 of the 24 women that um you know accused deshaun watson of nefarious acts settled with him doesn't mean that nothing happened but 22 of those 24 cases went away, but the NFL can still suspend Watson and probably will. So what are the Browns going to do this year? Um, And Baker's not going to be the guy. So it kind of makes it, it kind of puts it on them to find another quarterback because they don't, they've invested an awful lot of money in Deshaun Grant, but they don't have any assurances that he'll play this year. Let me ask you some questions. Uh, Do you think Baker Mayfield would want to come here and be Trey Lance's backup for a year? Or would he sulk? I, I, I think it'll be easier for him to be the backup here than it would be a backup somewhere else. Okay. But no, I, I definitely don't think that that's his first. He's, he thinks of himself as a starter and probably justifiably so. So he probably doesn't want to be here. But you never know because Kyle Shanahan's a wild card factor. How does he view the Shanahan factor in the association? I don't know. I mean, would he be would he increase his value if he if he sat here and played occasionally? Maybe, but. I didn't, he doesn't seem like he's wired that way. Maybe he would feel that he'd have an opportunity to play here. Maybe he has an opinion on Trey Lance. Maybe he thinks that uh, – who knows? He could beat him out. Yeah, maybe he feels Possible. like he can beat him out. Possible. Uh, there's that. Let me ask other questions. Um, okay, so that's a lot of money on a backup quarterback. I have said that the Niners are like – you know, they need Trey Lance to pretty much play all 17 games because I don't trust Nate Sudfeld to play at all. So I could see bringing in a, a high-quality backup. I thought they'd go for someone like Tyrod Taylor – $19 million is a lot for Baker Mayfield. Would you rather just cut Jimmy and then keep that money available for maybe a big trade at the deadline or just roll it over to next year? I would rather – I'd rather um... – you know, it's hard to say because it's like right now, it's like in the rolling it over for next year is probably what's going to happen. Right. So would I rather have a, a number two quarterback that I know can play uh, yeah. this year? And, you know, it depends how you view your Super Bowl window. It depends how you view your roster. I think they're kind of a, a Super Bowl ready roster with a quarterback who may or may not be ready. And in that situation, maybe having a proven backup number two is actually of greater value. Like if you said to me right now, here's a hundred grand. You're you ha- here's a hundred grand ticket. You own it on the 49ers winning the Super Bowl next year. I'd be all about this trade because that 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 you know rolling into next year doesn't help me cash my ticket. But potentially Baker Mayfield on my bench would. Here's here's the thing. I mean, it's you make a very compelling argument. And if the Niners were to do this, I feel like I could say in hindsight, 
you really would prefer to spend $19 million on Trey's backup as opposed to Trey's protection. Like you could have got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and spent this money on Lake and Tomlinson or yeah. a, a really good starting center. But no, you waited until the very end and traded Jimmy for Baker. And so now, yeah, if Trey gets hurt, you got Baker Mayfield. But like, how about protecting him? I'm just saying. I mean, that's not your call. It's like at this point, why not get a good backup? But the Niners sort of put themselves in a weird situation. Well, and it's also weird because you're inviting the circus to town, sort of, because now you may have – Baker would have to be totally on board with where he's at and right. being number two, and that probably is a non-starter right there. I mean, it was a non-starter for him being number two to Deshaun in Cleveland. Why would he have a dramatically different feel in San Francisco? Maybe Shanahan would be the reason for that. Maybe the viability of winning a ring uh, here would be the difference for that. Maybe he – maybe as you kind of hinted, maybe he doesn't feel like uh, Trey is, is – like he could like Trey would beat him out, but then you're now inviting a, a competitive, a competitor to the situation. And that probably is not in Trey's best interest. So it's in a way it's, it would also could be viewed as a hedge against Trey. And that probably undercuts yeah. Trey's leadership ability in the room. So it probably is, is a non-starter, but man, if you said to me, you can have a viable second quarterback going into this year and I got a hundred thousand dollar ticket on the Super Bowl. I, I like that move. It's true. Um part of me would rather just keep Jimmy though, because there's something about Baker that I really don't like. I, I give Jimmy a hard time, but I don't have anything against Jimmy Garoppolo. By all accounts, nice guy, everyone likes him. He's just shouldn't be, you know, the quarterback of this team. Baker, I mean, just from the way he talks to Colin Cowherd on and the way he does his commercials and how he like alienates all of his teammates. There's something really cringy about him. And I feel like it's, I, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's, I, I think it's on the maturity scale. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's on the low end where Jimmy's on the other end. True. So that's the thing. Jimmy, I think has got a lot of mental maturity, kind of like, you know, like Alex Smith with Kaepernick. He was very, very mentally mature. Alex Smith with Mahomes. Baker doesn't seem like that. Baker seems like, hey, it's got to be about Baker, that he's still hooked up on being a star. Exactly. That's the, other, that's the other question, though. What if you could have Baker rehab him and get tremendous – let's say let's say Trey plays terrific football, Grant, for six weeks, and you're convinced he's the guy. Oh, then all of a sudden he's got a quad injury and he misses a month. And yeah. here comes Baker in Kyle's offense and he plays lights out. Yep. Don't you have potentially a, a you've rehabilitated his value to the point where maybe you could actually surf away from that at some point and turn him into assets in the future? I don't know. I mean, it's a one year deal, right? He's only right. got one year left. Yeah. So it'd be complicated. But yeah, it's interesting. I, to it me, is. it helps you in the present win if you have to play him, but it hurts you in the present if he comes in and ruins your chemistry or in other in other in any way undercuts Trey Lance. I'll say this: it's the wrong use of Jimmy Garoppolo's money, but at this point, it might be the best thing. It might be the best use of it. Like the 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 right use of Jimmy Garoppolo's money would have been months ago, right? But now, if you like wait this long. Geez, I mean, what offensive lineman are you going to get at this point? Like, maybe, maybe this is the best you can if you don't want to roll it over. I think they're essentially, I think they're probably going to end up rolling it over. Let me ask you, what do you? I'm just curious. It has well, here's the other thing. Here's there's one factor we haven't made weighed in, in on this. What if Jimmy's headed to Seattle? Now you've addressed it before, and you don't fear that. But if I'm John Lynch, I may fear that. 
they got a tremendous run game and you know jimmy uh they've got some decent weapons around him and god knows he's got motivation and what if he gets in what if he goes to seattle and you get nothing in a trade and he beats you twice that compare that to the distraction of Baker, and then all of a sudden Baker doesn't look like the Baker distraction doesn't look so bad. Uh, if I'm Lynch, I, I I don't know that I want to see Jimmy in Seattle twice next year. No, I think it's a you, you bring up a lot of great points. I'm not even arguing with you. I'm just asking. Um, my last question I have for you is, where do you really see? Because Baker um, annoys me. I'm just gonna put he just annoys me. I don't know what it is about him. And when bad things happen in his career, I'm not rooting for it, but I giggle. I'm like. Sorry. So I think he's going to be a backup this year. What do you think? What's going to, he thinks he's going to, I don't know. He thinks he's holding out for some great spot. What do you think is going to happen to him this year? Carolina, maybe, maybe in a trade, maybe a, maybe some kind of a three-way trade where Darnold winds up in Seattle. Um, You know, Carolina winds up with, uh, with Baker and, you know, the Browns get some form of draft pick compensation. That's that. If I had to guess, that would be my guess. Let me ask you this. I don't know why I'm care. I, I like Baker more than Darnold. That's what I was going to ask. Is Baker going to go to the next team and flop, or is he going to go to the next team and be like Ryan Tannehill? Does he just need a good organization, or is he just bad? I like him. I like okay. him. I think. I think. I think he's. I think he, you know he's been browned. You know he's been he's been associated with the Browns, and yet they have some talent. Not they don't have talent, and at times he's played really well. This last year you can't evaluate him. We saw he was just totally totally beat up and playing hurt. But I think if you put him, I think quarterback. There's there's the great ones, there's the bad ones, and then there's the guys who are. Uh, it's really about where they are and what offense and what surrounding cast. I think if you put Baker on a on a premier team with good surrounding cast, I think he could he could be quite a bit better than what we've seen. Yeah, I think earlier in the segment I said I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me slap myself for saying that because that's ridiculous. Are you kidding? I mean, Baker throws better, Baker. moves better. He moves better, throws better. Actually, will pull the trigger down the field. I mean, they both get injured. Yeah, I'd rather have Baker Mayfield. I'm, I mean, look, I'm not. A, I, you made some very good points, Larry. Intriguing, intriguing, and one more thing: if if Kyle Shanahan can win with Jimmy, he'll probably win with Baker. I would think if Baker. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle made RG three look good. Kyle made uh, Johnny Johnny Manziel look good for a few games. I mean, I bet you he could do some things with Baker. I like the way Baker throw. I like the the uh, the moxie of Baker. I like the uh, swagger that he has. I just don't know if. If he's going to fit, like, I don't know that you can have a, I think everything's got to be all about Trey. And this would be the first indication that they're concerned about Trey if they made that deal. But it also covers you at the most important position on the field. And you do have a whole season to play. And, and you aren't looking at Nate Sudfeld. If Nate goes, if uh, Trey goes down for any period of time, you know, when you think about it, it doesn't look, when you factor in all the options, it's viable. It's more compelling than I thought. I don't think they'll do it. Um, and I think mostly for the reason you just said, like, it just looks bad. What does it yeah. say about how you feel about Trey, even though it might it's mixed be- messages? It's like, hey, we're all in on Trey, but here, just in case. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's change subjects. Eric Armstead went on Jim, the Jim Rome show, I think yesterday. And Jim Rome asked essentially, why do you and your teammates like Jimmy so much when the fans and media don't? And Eric thought it was a great question, answered at length, and at the end said he's a great quarterback. He's a phenomenal quarterback. What do you 
think of Eric Armstead calling the soon-to-be former starting quarterback of this team a phenomenal quarterback? Um, it tells me a lot about Eric Armstead as far as a guy. He he values uh, people and he values personal relationships. And I think he's prioritizing those. Rela- I mean, I don't think we've seen Jimmy show on the field that he's a phenomenal quarterback. So I would push back on Eric's statement on that front. But I like the fact that he is backing his guy. Uh, to me, that that tells you a lot about Jimmy and tells you a lot about Eric. And I think they're both positives. The fact that Jimmy did enough in the mind of this defensive lineman for him to back him to such a degree. And also for Armstead, that shows that he's kind of a loyal guy that, you know, man, if you go to war with me, I've got your back going forward. And I think that makes me feel good about Eric and makes me feel good about Jimmy. As far as the accuracy of the statement, uh, that's debatable. Well, yeah, I mean, it's – I'm not here. I'm not trying to uh, make fun of Eric Armstead's analysis. I disagree with it. And I think, I don't know how he could even justify it. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's never done any, he doesn't have any individual accolades other than winning, which is more a reflection of the team he's on. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, but he's went to war with this guy, you know, in a football sense. That's what I wanted to say to me. And like, he's, and he's okay, seen fine. him under pressure. He's seen him under freezing conditions. He's seen him under, you know, uh, everybody knows that he's not the guy. Maybe he's really impressed with how Jimmy kind of handled the whole media circus this year around Trey. But I think that's more about their relationship and less about Jimmy's play. Sure, but I, what you said is like, that's his guy. Well, not anymore. Trey Lance is his guy. And what he said about Trey Lance is, you know, time will tell. He's got a great skill set, yada, yada, yada. I think it doesn't do anyone favors for players to go on the record and call Jimmy Garoppolo a phenomenal quarterback. I think that speaks to what was happening on this in this locker room last year where it's really hard for Trey Lance to take over because a lot of the players have this warped perception of what Jimmy Garoppolo is. They think of him like he's Joe Montana or something. How can Trey Lance really compete with that? When- well, that's a good point. But what yeah. about what if what if Eric Armstead just looks at this uh, grant and says, Jimmy's out of a gig. Jimmy needs a new landing spot. I'm going to publicly support a guy that I think has done a lot. Uh, and showed a lot of toughness and resilience and uh, did a lot of things for the team. And I'm going to, I'm going to be on the Jimmy pro Jimmy team to try until, you know, try to get him uh whole, get him to a spot where he's a quarterback and he's making his future set. Maybe he looks at Jimmy and huh? says, eh, his future is not set. I have an opportunity on a national platform to help my, bo- my, my guy and I'm going to help him. It's possible. I still think it speaks to a skepticism in the locker room towards Lance. Not that Lance can't be good. It's just that they feel that, Jimmy is good. Jimmy's very, Jimmy's great. And they, I think a lot of, I think Eric essentially still doesn't understand why they're changing quarterbacks. If you have, a, if, if Jimmy's phenomenal, you don't need a new quarterback. If Jimmy's great, you don't need a new quarterback, but they're going to a new quarterback and they trust Kyle to a degree, although he's never won with, on this team with a quarterback other than Jimmy. And I think what you're seeing is the skepticism that some of this locker room is going to have when they watch. If he has a, a bad, if he loses game one, there might be whispers in the locker room. Explain to me why we got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo again, because we win with him. End, end of story. I think that's how a lot of these players feel. I, I think you're I think you're onto something there as far as I think they like Trey, but Trey's whether the Niners want to admit and acknowledge it or the players want to acknowledge it, he's in a show me mode right now. They're in, and he's a he's a it's great all the talk and this and that, and he looks good and the OTAs and, the, and look at this pass and that pass and this snapshot, that snapshot. Ultimately, he still has to do it. And I think that once he does it, there'll be tremendous support for him. Um, but 
there's a big difference in the minds of the players between you did it and you're a great prospect. I think, you know, he looks at Trey as a phenomenal maybe prospect, but he's got to prove it or Jimmy in his mind has proven it. And when you say prove it, do it. I mean, I think what that means. Do it, stay healthy, produce, win. win. Because, again, Jimmy never went to a Pro Bowl. Jimmy never really produced. Jimmy just won. And I would say they won in spite of him, but Eric would disagree. A lot of players feel like, how can we win in spite of our quarterback? He's the most important position on the field. Baloney can't do that. I think that's how they feel. So if Trey's out there making plays left and right and it just doesn't come together and the Niners lose, a lot of players are going to be like, huh, what's this about? And it may not even be his fault, but I'm telling you, I think this is a very tough spot for Trey Lance. Even though he's got great players around him, he's got a skeptical locker room, and he better hit the ground running, which is hard to expect. He's played. He started three games since 2019. I'm very curious to see how it's a bottom line business, man. Bottom line business. So it's just there's no getting around it either. Trey's a great prospect. Everybody likes him. They respect him. But he's got to do it. Jimmy. Jimmy's got his his weaknesses. His uh, you know there's a reason they went for Trey, Um, and I think the players are all all aware of that. But at the same time. You know, they're going to support a guy that they feel like uh, showed tremendous character at, at, you know, a number of different turns. And I think everyone knows that stat that, you know, Kyle Shanahan's win-loss record with Jimmy and his win-loss record with every other quarterback on this team. Everyone knows that. And I think there's a little bit of like, well, we trust Kyle and he's great, but a little nervous. He hasn't gotten – I mean, maybe Jimmy is the magic touch here. I think there's a little bit of that, especially for players that preceded Kyle, like Armstead. And maybe he's talking up. Maybe he's talking up uh, Jimmy to help Jimmy's market, and maybe that helps the 49ers. Sure. You know, and we yeah. look at it as a support of yeah. Jimmy, but in maybe an indirect way to support uh, John Lynch and his efforts to get something in return for Jimmy. If that's the case, Armstead deserves a bonus. He does. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. And the big news this past weekend was Jaquaski Tart signing a modest one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles who are clearly all in. They are making the, you know, one-year veteran signings trades that you would expect the Niners to make because they were in the playoffs last year. Do you think the Niners will regret letting Tart walk? Um, I think the, yeah, I do actually. I, I think just because of depth or lack of depth at that position, they're a pretty deep football team at running back. They're a really deep football team on the D line. They're a relatively thin football team when it comes to strong safety or free safety for that matter, just the safety spot either, either way. So yeah, I, I think uh, the Niners may regret letting Tart walk because Tart knew their system. Tart did a lot of good things on the football field. He's not a productive interceptor of the football, but he did a lot of positive things and, I think they're going to I think they're, they would like to have that quality depth. And I think, you know, that we'll, we'll see if Afonga and Ward, Jimmy Ward can stay healthy. But uh, they lost a player they knew they could they could lean on and have leaned on. And I just I wanted to push back on the people who are like, hey, Tart Tart makes that interception. They go to the bowl. I mean, uh, I don't I disagree with that wholeheartedly. And I and it seems like it's now like kind of urban urban myth that if he had made that interception that the game was over the game was not over and that would it would have helped but it wouldn't have hardly locked it up yeah uh agree there was there was a lot of time left and the uh the Niners defense wasn't stopping anything from there on out um I don't understand why they let him go he wasn't expensive he basically signed like very little a one-year deal it seems like he could have been their top backup at both spots now it's possible Tart didn't want to do that that he would rather go be a backup in Philly or compete for a starting spot there than be a fungus. Maybe it was 
as simple as he didn't want to come back here. But if that's the case, okay, I guess it's nothing the Niners can do. Otherwise, it seemed like he could have been a really cheap, good backup for them. Well, I mean, most teams keep four safeties, and they're going to keep Jimmy Ward and Hafanga, and they're going to keep George Odom for sure um, as a special teamer. So, really, you ha- would have had Tart, Tarvarius Moore, and you know your undrafted free agents, guys like Leon O'Neill and Taylor Hawkins, probably all competing for maybe one safety backup spot. So it's you know. It was going to be tough sledding. Maybe they didn't want to get his hopes up and then see him cut and have nothing at, you know, in late July. But puts an awful lot on uh, on Hafanga. Yeah. Hafanga's got to work out. He's got to play yeah. well. And he's got to play 17 games. Same with Jimmy Ward. I mean, if they're if the Niners are in a spot where they're starting George Odom, they're going to regret letting Jaquaski Tark walk. They're going to miss. That's him. the one player I don't know what to expect because yeah. I've heard people tell me, oh yeah, he can play from scrimmage, and then uh, and he's a Pro Bowl special teamer but we'll see we'll see because i i get my my doubts from scrimmage I, i'm just worried about him and and Hathunga. they have no very little experience playing safety in the nfl yeah. are they going to be giving up big plays because tart i mean i know you always wanted him to make more plays but to his credit he didn't give them up often so good a solid yeah. football player knew your system and was good against the run and could move well against the pass he just didn't catch interceptions you're going to be a training camp. I'm going to be a training camp. It yep. starts in four or five weeks. What battles are you going to be watching closest? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of good ones. I really do. I, I, I think the uh, the number two quarterback is going to be primary. I think Sudfeld and Purdy will battle this summer. I think Purdy will win that job. Um, I think, you know, the backup running back spots. I mean, first of all, the starter at running back, is it Mitchell? Is it TDP? Is it Wilson? Is it Sermon? Uh, you know, and then there's other guys. Michael Hasty looked good in the OTAs. Jordan Mason looked good in the OTAs. So I think the running back com- competition is going to be intense. I think the pa- the number two tight end job behind Kittle is going to be really good. Um, and then they drafted an awful lot of young offensive linemen. And I think the old line is, you know, between injuries and new faces like Jake Brendel and Aaron Banks, uh, Mike McGlinchey is his status with the quad. I think the offensive line is going to be a day-to-day thing to watch all summer uh, for sure. I think that last wide receiver spot is going to be really, really intriguing. Um, and, yeah, I, I think most of the battles that I'm eager to see are on the offensive side of the football. How about you? Agree. It seems like the defense is pretty entrenched. There's no battle at strong safety. There is a battle at nickel. I'm very interested in that. But otherwise, I mean, I'm also interested to see nose tackle. I want to see Javon Kinlaw practice. I want to see him out there every day healthy. And I want to see him go. I want to see what he does compared to Kevin Gibbons, who I think has improved steadily since he's been on the team and has been there practicing healthy. And that matters. So I'd like to see that competition. But then on offense, yeah, I mean, every single spot other than left tackle on the offensive line is a competition. Left guard, center, right guard, and even right tackle. Because I'm skeptical. I never thought Michael Gucci was that good in the first place. Sorry. And now he's coming back from a very serious injury. What's he going to be like? Is he better than Jalen Moore in year two? I'd like to know. Maybe not. I'd like to see. Oh, I think in their minds, he definitely is um, the starter at right tackle. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the entire O line outside of Trent Williams is very much a question mark. I think the entire secondary is a question mark. I mean, you brought in Charvarius Ward, you have Jimmy Ward and Nafanga, and you know you got Mosley and Ambry. You got a lot of bodies at corner, and you're pretty thin at safety. But to me, that secondary and how it comes together as a unit, top to bottom. I think is the, the secondary and the O line are the two kind of question mark units going into this year. And there's a lot of questions from within. Now, I think the secondary could be a real strength because I think Afonga is a hell of a player. Uh, same with Jimmy Ward, same with Charvarius Ward. They're deeper on the corner than they've been in the past. So, I, and and there's and there's a lot of it's in the O line and the secondary are intriguing because there's going to be a lot of competition and there's a lot of different options. Yeah, and I think they have a big decision to make at corner. Like, they're going to cycle all these nickelbacks through. It's possible they don't have a starting nickelback. It's part. It's possible their best three corners are Traverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, and Ambry Thomas. If that's the case, what do you do? Are they going to start giving Mosley reps at nickel? Maybe they should. They didn't in OTAs and minicamp, but at a certain point, they're going to have to figure out who are our best three corners and how can we get them on the field together, or are they just going to sit Ambry Thomas all year until – someone gets hurt on the outside because that seems kind of like a waste. He was improving last year. To me, the biggest intrigue is of the young guys. And they added a lot of young people, a lot of young players before and after the draft, both in the O-line and in the secondary, which of the young players that were added are going to actually ball out and play and earn roster spots and compete. Uh, there's all kinds of options in the secondary. I think Womack is intriguing. I think Leon O'Neill's intriguing. Um, Quantrez Knight from UCLA is exciting. There's there's four or five young DBs and there's four or five young O linemen. Uh, Spencer Burford. I heard you know some speculation that Burford might start in front of Aaron Banks at left guard. Um, I, based on what I saw from Jason Poe. I think there's a chance that Jason Poe gives Jake Brundle, uh, Brendel a run for his money. Nick Zakel. So I, I think the two spots where it's like the most unknown is is secondary and on the O-line because they did add an awful lot of bodies there, and I think they're expecting kind of a lively competition. I also feel like there's going to be a pretty much an all-out competition at running back. Now, maybe Elijah Mitchell will be the starter as an incumbent just because he was a starter last year, but – the offense is way different than last year. This is different. There's different position coaches, coordinators. It's going to be more of a shotgun zone read type of offense with under center stuff sprinkled in. It's kind of be the opposite of what it used to be. And which running back fits at the best? Is it Mitchell? Is it Wilson? Is it Ty Davis Price? Is it Sermon? I mean, I think a lot of these guys, whoever whoever plays the best in preseason, could be starting week one. No, I, think, I agree. To anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, if you told me that Jordan Mason beat out all these guys, I wouldn't even be that, that shocked, you know? And it's like people will say, have you ever even heard of Jordan Mason? Uh, I think he wears 41. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, he looked pretty good in the minicamp. And yeah. and Elijah Mitchell, uh, Ty Davis-Price, Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon, Jamichael Hasty, And they got a bunch of bodies here. But nobody – I mean, on paper you'd say it's Mitchell. But who knows? I mean, you know, I think it, I think the spirited running back, uh, you know, uh, competition could be outstanding this summer all the way into the preseason, maybe right up to the cutdown date. Yeah, and what's tough is like the Niners have to really, really have a full-on competition at running back and offensive line, two of the tougher positions to judge in practice. Yeah. So the Niners are going to have to figure out a way, and then re- those preseason games are going to mean a lot for those positions. Also, 
tight end. I mean, not Kittle, but he doesn't practice that much anymore. And everyone else seems to be competing for spots. I didn't see Charlie Warner one day in LTAs. I mean, I guess he's not really important enough for anyone to ask about him. But no one asked about him, but I didn't see him. So what's up with him? Is Dwelly going to make the team? They brought in a bunch of tight ends. They have Tanner Hudson. They have Tyler Croft, who's been a number – started a lot of games in the NFL. What's the deal there? That's, I mean, kind of an important thing for a run-first team. There's a lot of interesting names there. I mean, Warner's a try-hard blocker, not a lot of power in his in his run game blocking, but, I mean, that's the strength of his game. Dwelly's not a blocker at all. Uh, Croft is a young veteran that's been around the league. Same with Fumagalli. The guy that kind of opened my eyes when we saw at OTAs or the minicamp was when Jordan Matthews made that play down the field. And if you look at Jordan Matthews, he's put on about 10, 15 pounds of muscle in his upper body. He's, he looks much more like a tight end this year than last year who knows maybe jordan matthews is their movement tight end i mean to me it really comes down to dwelly versus matthews uh as far as the movement tight end and then as far as the blocking tight end i would imagine it's warner against croft against fumagalli um and probably there can only be you know two guys emerge out of that group behind kittle isn't it amazing that Jordan Matthews is still playing football? I mean, this is a guy that I think went to Pro Bowls. He was a second-round pick. He's made some money in this league. And now he's essentially, I mean, playing for fun on the 49ers practice squad, trying to learn a new position. I mean, it's admirable. He's remaking himself, and it may pay off with another contract. It's very interesting. He's related to Jerry Rice. Uh, right. He's, he's Jerry right. Rice's nephew, I think. He's right. six, you know, so he came into the league. He was like 6'3, about 215 pounds. They're mm-hmm. listing him now at 6'3, 236. And it wow. looks it. I mean, he looks yeah. a lot bigger. But I mean, we saw him make a play down the seam uh, where he caught, he got, he split the coverage and, and made an incredible catch. I mean, he might be more of a downfield threat than Dwelly. So I think that battle could be interesting. The dynamic movement flexed out tight end. Definitely faster than Dwelly, no question. Last battle, and this one's going to be a close one, heated one, Sudfeld and Purdy. Can't wait. Can't wait to see who's the backup quarterback. Give me Purdy all day and every day on that one. I'm I'm convinced that Purdy's going to be better than Sudfeld. Well, we'll see. I mean, is he going to get some reps with the backups, or is he only going to get the dregs with the third strings? We'll see. But I'd like to see them actually get a little competition because I think Purdy's better as well. Purdy's exciting, man. I, I Purdy, uh, you know, I mean, as people would say, well, how could you say that? He's undersized and he doesn't have this, doesn't have that. Just watch him on the practice field. There's a command about the kid. Then you look at the fact he's made 46 starts in a major conference uh, that he actually he threw for 12,000 yards. He has a great touchdown to interception ratio. He throws guys open. Um, he hits guys. He, the, the accuracy is really there. He can throw on the move. He shows command. So uh, all these things to me looked quite a bit better than Nate Sudfeld. I would be shocked if Sudfeld beats out Purdy in the preseason. I know the money says he will, but um, I don't pay too much attention to the money. Those decisions are made in a vacuum. I think Purdy's going to beat him out. Agree. Uh, That's our show for today. Half show. Not a lot going on with the Niners, but we'll be back next week on Monday. Monday, new, new day. On Monday at 11. Thanks for watching, everyone. See you guys.